Combine podcast. My name is Josh Takimoto. Here with me is Deb McCollum. What's got, What's going on, Deb? How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm really good. That was awkward for my first intro. That's okay. We've so never done this before. So Hold on. Let's good. do it again, ladies and gentlemen. Would hey. you please welcome? That's that's the professional, and he doesn't really need any introduction. But we felt like for the very first podcast, very first episode of a Character Combine podcast, who better than to have Jason Harper, the Character Combine founder, join us? He's a, a thrill seeker. He's an author, a speaker, a mentor a runner. I mean, this dude wears a lot of hats. And so, man, we're excited to have you here. What's up, Jay? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for that introduction. You're welcome. I'm, like, I'm a train wreck. I'm dysfunctional. I can yeah. add a few more things. I've had <laughs> congestive heart failure. I know I can give I a gonna, bunch of things. I was going to leave that stuff out, but that's true too. But uh, man, I've been with the Combine for seven and a half years, and I don't think I've ever met anybody with more energy and who just goes, I think you word it best, full throttle, full time. And, uh, don't that forget, and don't forget full tilt. Full tilt. It has not changed for the seven and a half years I've known you. In fact, I was telling Deb before we got on the air here, it's crazy because the very first podcast, I think podcast came out maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah, about. Something like that. The very first podcast I ever listened to was yours. Wow. I, I can't remember the name of it. The Triad Podcast. And, you, and that, that's how everyone started off with that, <laughs> that radio voice. Invite, include. <laughs> that's exa- that was exactly how it went. And I loved it, man. And that's how I got hooked to podcasting in the first place. That was the very first one. In fact, the reason I found the podcast in the first place was because I was going through a Taco Bell drive-through, <laughs> and when I got to the when I, I got <laughs> when I got to the window, I'm like, "What is that sticker?" And it says Triad Podcast, Jason Harper. I'm like, "I know Jason Harper. Uh, let me check this out." And that's how I found out about the podcast in the first place. Wow! I think we blanketed weird. the that's city random. with like a thousand stickers, and we got a bunch of middle schoolers and said, "Hey, we just want you to go put these oh, everywhere no. you can." It's guerrilla marketing it at its finest. It definitely worked. It got it me. I was just trying to pick up a burrito, and then I got a podcast. Look so. at that. You got a burrito. Oh. You got a job out of it. I, got, I did get a job out of it, too, so it was not bad. So, um, so I'm going to be honest. This is a little bit surreal for me because, like I said, I was listening at work and at school to your podcast, and now that I had the chance to work for Character Combine and also interview you is pretty cool. And, um, and just a quick, quick side note. Deb is a, a coach, a teacher, and a strength and conditioning trainer. And so um, we're really excited to have you on here just because I think you're going to bring a lot of expertise to those different areas, which I have none. So that's going to be that's going to be awesome. I love training people, Thank so you. that's really good stuff. Right See, and I, that's an instant connection. I had a feeling. Yeah. So, well, hey, man, we want to – I'm sure you've gotten a lot of questions and coaches and teachers and all that coming up to you and saying, hey, what's the deal with the Combine? Uh, where have you guys gone? Why haven't you guys done it the last year and a half? Uh, why haven't you guys been posting much content? All those questions. I get them a lot, too. Um, so I thought, since this is our first episode and we're just starting this podcast thing off, I thought we should probably just maybe take them on a journey from where it started, uh, where we're currently at, and then where we're going. So when, when did you start the Combine and why did you start the Combine? Our first character Combine was in August. It used to be in the, right before school started in 2005. And it wasn't even supposed to be an event at all. Hmm. Um, we had actually seen this insert on a Sunday newspaper called Parade Magazine and the parade insert said, the most important coach in America. And it was a picture of Joe Ehrman, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't know who Joe Ehrman was, but I sure. read the article. 
And this article just reached through the, the paper and just grabbed me because I was like, th- that guy just put language to everything mm. I believe in and I want to do, but I don't know how to do it. Mm. You know, and at the time I was speaking at different locker room talks and talking to athletes before big games and things like that, but never had a vehicle. It was more just out of the passion I had for sports. Sure. So um, I came in and my boss at the time, Rick Cole, he had said, he, he was at Capitol. He said, hey, listen, uh, uh, I just read this parade article. I go, Joe Ehrman. He goes, yeah, we got to get that guy here. So that's all I needed to hear. Mm, we need okay. to get that guy. He didn't say go to it. We got to get that guy. Right. I'm like on it. So we started calling around trying to find research of who he was. And we found out that it was about a book that he had written called Seasons of Life. And it was about how to raise boys into men. And he had some simple principles in there that really resonated and became kind of the core values of, of Character Combine. As I started pitching it around the city, nobody knew who Joe Ehrman was because they didn't read Parade Magazine. So I'm trying to tell everybody, well, okay. he's this guy. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. They're, nobody's going to show up. I had a couple of guys working with me at the time. They were just like hanger on volunteer kind of guys that mm. were there for the wrong motives. But they looked at me and they're like, oh, you're never going to be able to succeed with that. It'll be you and two other coaches. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's like putting liquid adrenaline in my yeah, veins. Yeah. The fact that you just told right. me I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to go it. national now. Right now it's going to happen for um, sure. So we, uh, we said, basically got to find this guy, Joe. So um, I went back to Rick and I said, hey, listen, we've done this market value kind of pitch study where we think we're going to call it Coaches Combine. So mm. we bought the domain Coaches Combine. And I had quite a few emails from coaches in the area's athletic directors. I harvested it off a lot of websites of schools. Mm-hmm. And I blasted it. I said, hey, if there was a Coaches Combine where you could come and learn how winning goes beyond the scoreboard, uh, would you show up? And like nobody responded. It was uh, like like three people. They're like, nah, maybe if I didn't have anything to do that Saturday. Right. And so <laughs> okay. I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I backed away from it for about another month. And then I said, you know what? What if I called it character combine? You know, coaches are, most coaches are about developing character. And so I bought the domain character combine, sold the coaches combine to the athletic sports association for high schools. Mm. And use that money to build a website, which is horrible. Yeah. Well, it's, it's changed since then, but the it's first one was horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's um, nice now because you made it. <laughs> that, I, I'll take credit for it. I didn't make it, but yeah. and so, um, so we basically sent the same exact email out mm-hmm. about a month later, and we got a huge response. And so I said, okay, coaches are not really mindful necessarily about their own position because they're busy trying to be impacting of their students, which I could appreciate that. I'm like, man, that's a, I get it. They're like, man, I I don't want to come to a combine about me. I want to go, I can go to a seminar for that. I want to go to, if there's going to be a combine, I want it to be about my players. Mm -hmm. Well, the first year, no players came. It was not at four players. So it was 150 people at Folsom high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was from only eight to noon. And we brought Joe Ehrman, and he goes, well, tell me about this character combine. I go, well, I don't really know much about it. Um, We've never done it. I said, we wanted to bring you, but we thought the best way to do it was to create a vehicle and put you in the vehicle. And then that way people are coming to the vehicle, and you just happen to be the driver. And then next year, if people like it, we can change the driver out. Sure. And so over the time, it kind of evolved. So that was its genesis. Um, The second year, we made it a full day and still coaches only but it had tremendous growth i think it doubled for the first four years wow. it just kept doubling so it went from 150 ironically casey taylor was the first one he was the first ever um character combine coach of the year and now to you know be oh, really? working I didn't with know him, that. Yeah, he was the first one ever okay so he's been in it from the beginning yeah 2005 wow okay very cool so so in that how was all of that received uh, I think initially there was some hesitation because um, I was I had a, a, a good 
group of people I knew in the city as, as a coach and former athlete in the city and grown up here my whole life. But there was this other contingency group of people that knew I worked for a church. And unfortunately, a lot of people that have had experiences with churches, they've not been always the best. And sometimes churches have really good intentions, but they'll do it sometimes what the world would call a bait and switch. Hmm. Like, oh, we're yeah. gonna do the sports symposium, but at the very end, we're gonna tell you all about Jesus and do communion. Right. And so I think there was a lot of people that first year that came and I'd assured them, I mean, I had coaches call me going, dude, this ain't no Jesus thing, is it? And I'm like, man, this is about character development. And it was, it's maintained that, that we've never right. hosted an event at a church or a faith-based group or a venue. Right. It's always been at public schools. Mm-hmm. And that's because we want to be very inclusive to anybody and everybody that wants to come. And there's right. many people who right. coach that have different faith persuasions, and this is not what that was created for. Right. It's the building block of just character development. So I think it was received kind of twofold. There was this one group going, we're all in. And there was this other group that kind of sat there with their bob and weave guard up like this. And right. Casey was one right. of those guys, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he called me and he goes, dude, Tell me, if they know church gig is it? And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. It's just whatever. And I, a couple other coaches that I, I won't say their names because I love them, but they'd be embarrassed. But they're like, if I tell you what, Harper, if you kind of turn a corner and uh, go oh, with no. this God thing, dude, we'll never talk I'm to not you. Coming oh, back. No. That's it. Oh, no. And I, I tell you, it was scary because Joe Ehrman walks out, and he, you know, he's a person of faith, and he's been yeah. involved with a lot of different fellowship Christian athletes. Um, I told him, man, this is secular event. Okay, yeah, a church is paying you, but it's a secular event. Don't go down any. He's like, I right. got this, man. I only do corporate America. I'm good. Yeah. So he gets up there, and the first things out of his mouth, he's like, hey, I just want you guys to all turn off your cell phones for a minute. You know, in fact, I have a funny story, and I'm like going, okay, he's good. He's good. And he goes, um, I was speaking at this church, and I was right at the very end of my sermon. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. And he goes, which is the worst feeling, right? Because when yeah. you're, because I've been backstage with you guys for quite a few years now, and you've when you're seen back me there, sweat a little bit. Definitely sweats dropping down his, his oh, forehead because, like, you can't do anything. Nah, it's unprofessional to just grab him off the stage. And I, I just want such a good re- reputation with coaches to deliver what right. we promise. Right. right. And so he continues. He goes, I was about to close out my sermon, and I'd ask everybody to close their eyes so they could have and do their business with the Creator. And right as it was about this moment of just where heaven met earth. This cell phone rang from an 84-year-old lady on the front row, <laughs> and the ringtone was, play that funky music, white boy. And I'm telling you, awesome. the place erupted in laughter. Oh, and amazing. I leaned back, I go, okay, he got good. it. You get to you breathe again. And what he, what he did was yeah. he disarmed everybody. He got the big mm. elephant in the room identified. And, uh, and he, he destroyed it. Uh, he was so good. He could, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, just, we had him for the first three years. And I met him uh, one time. So my first year with you guys, I met him. And he's just one of those guys where what you see in videos or in his book or um, on interviews is, is basically who he is. I mean, there's not much different between the guy on stage and the guy off stage. He's just a very genuine human being. I've said this on other podcasts and interviews with you know radios or newspapers, and I'll say it here. By far, hands down, he is the most impacting male figure in my life ever, mm. ever. I've traveled, across, I've traveled across the country to spend 20 minutes with him. Yeah. Um, I surprised him a couple weeks ago. He happened to be in Sacramento. He goes, hey, are you going to be in Sac? I'm like, well, I might be able to. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I walked in the venue, you know, right when he was wrapping up. And he's in the middle of his talk. And he kind of glances at me. And then he wraps up everything. And uh, there's this line of people, that, like, waiting for him to sign the book. And he, here's the kind of guy he is. He just makes you feel so special. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing off to the side, not wanting to disrupt, you know, the, the people getting their signatures. And he goes, hey, everybody, you just need to wait for a minute. 
and he walks over and he hugs me. He goes, how are you? How's the kids? How's the family? And I was and that's like, how you make, he makes you feel special. Oh, he does. Right man. Yeah. And that's yeah. just huge. Mm -hmm. The world stopped. And at that moment, you just felt like you were the only person on the planet to him. And that's how he makes everybody feel. Everybody. Wow. I've seen him do that with homeless people and, and, and politicians and legislators. Wow. That's crazy. And that makes sense. Like I said, the one time I met him, I could see that for sure. So that doesn't surprise me at all. So, you know, and I, and I love, man, I, I've heard it quite a few times, but I love hearing where the combine started because it's evolved so much. So my first year when I, I was mentoring a couple of athletes and the first year I ever attended was the year you guys did it, at, I believe Vista Del Lago in their gym and you had the UFC ring, the octagon. Yeah. In there. They, so that what they did is they took out half the octagon, um, you know, chain link around and then they opened it up. So that was basically the stage. And I'm like, how did they pull this? And so from that moment, I'm like, I've got to get connected with these people because this is amazing. Mm. So, and we've talked often, like how does, so we see where it began, but how, when you start off like that, where 150 coaches, then you go to a point where you're bringing in a freaking octagon on into a, a high school gym. And it's like every year, it's like, how do we top it? And we say that almost after every year, we just kind of scratch our head in the back as we're breaking down. You've been there, right. you've led that. And we're just like, oh, my God in heaven, how are we going to top that? And, you know, inevitably, throughout the next six or seven months when we're really kind of brainstorming, somebody will come across my path, a speaker I'll see, something will happen, a concept will be heard. And that's in the last four or five years. That's why, Josh, we got earlier on it to where we were able to start announcing the theme the next year wow. on the day of the event a year prior. And um, that octagon year, I think we did it because Shireen was working with me at the time. And she's like, I was like, I need another speaker, you right, know, because it right, went from right. one speaker to like two. And then we started doing full days and it was coaches with your players of influence. So coaches were bringing 10 or 12 players. So the venue immediately ballooned, but it was 50% coaches, 50% athletes. Right. Mm. And um, we worked hard to get the female athlete involved because Joe's organization early on was called Building Men for Others. Mm. So when we would market, he's the speaker, coaches were like, oh, it's all for girls. And we were very proud of the fact that by the last year, what third of the attenders were girls wow. because we'd be, we got girl speakers. Awesome. We had people that we were like Alexis Jones and we had Ooh, Ruthie Holtman awesome. and we had Jenny Busek and we yeah, had, yeah. you know, so many different incredible speakers that we always tried to get a good anchored female speaker. Jen Bricker. Jen Bricker was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And that came at the last minute, you know, right. I was speaking at a gig in South by Southwest and, um, in Austin, Texas, and she happened to be speaking either right or before me or after me. And I'm like, what are you doing in a month? And she's like, yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, you're coming to Cal. You're coming to Combine. <laughs> and so, um, so we had just really good, fun times planning and strategizing. Mm. Um, that year, Shireen had been working. She's our assistant at the time. Now she's one of our program directors. But Queen she's, yeah, she's like, hey, I know Mark Munoz of the UFC, you know, the Filipino right. wrecking ball. And I'm like, how do you know him? She goes, oh, him and my, or something like there, his wife and her grew up, or I don't even know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you think you could get him? And she's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So she calls, uh, hey, Mark. Oh, my God. Yeah, he goes, I'd love to come. Hey, can I bring Anthony Robles with me? Oh, oh wow. That's how we got that dude. And then That's Anthony crazy. came a bunch of years in a row, and he's now booking down 30 grand to talk. Wow. And, you know, and then. Another just great, all these dudes are just good dudes. And, and then, you know, one year I was uh, speaking at another conference, and they put me, I was the, not even the speaker, I was the MC of the event. And they put me at the table with the speakers. And so Patrick Lencioni, who is one of the greatest leadership gurus in the world, right. wrote the book Five Dysfunctions of Every Team and mm -hmm. you know, Death by Meeting. He's got oh, so many different books. Mm -hmm. He's 55, 60 grand a talk. Wow. Okay. He's sitting at the table. I know who he is. I'm like chattering as I'm eating my salad. 
And he goes, so what do you do? And I go, oh, um, you know, I just MC <laughs> events like this every now and then. Right. He's all shy. And then I said, well, actually, I, you know, I kind of loosened up. And I said, actually, I run a, a sports symposium for athletes where I teach them that winning goes beyond the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And he goes, really? What's it called? I go, well, you know, they have strength, addi- they have strength conditioning. They have speed, agility, combines. A combine just being an intense environment of, of growth and training. I said, I run a character combine. And he goes, tell me more. And I was like, oh, that's my moment. He was hooked. And I go, well, um, why? And he goes, why coach my soccer kids? And I go, have you ever seen coaches just berate kids ruthlessly? Uh And he's like, Uh yeah. And I go, what if you could be the difference? He goes, I'm in. He was hooked at that point on. And so um, I said, well, at the end of the event, he circled back, gave me his card, gave me the number to call. And and I said, you know, I don't want to be awkward, but what's your speaking fee? He's like, whatever you want to give me, you give me, I'm coming to your event. Wow. And he also sent up about, I don't know, five or 600 copies of five dysfunction of teams ahead wow. to give to everybody generous. So wow. he showed up and he, he was probably, he was one of our top dudes, wow. which is crazy to say, because the lineup, I mean, if we had the list of people that have been speaking at the combine, it's just insane. David Goggins, Mark Munoz, Anthony Robles, Uriah Faber, Uriah Faber, Eric Thomas, Eric Thomas, E.T. Inky Johnson, Inky Johnson. Well, I'll tell you what, you bring up E.T. So he came uh, one year, the first year he came, killed it. And then the next year was probably the closest I've ever seen any of us almost have a heart attack. Oh, yeah, I about did. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause you just marched in the office like we were in there and the door is flung open. I'm like, what is we got this problems. problem today? Yeah. Oh, no. And usually like when he says that, typically it means it's pretty serious. Because I like I get the, the more things melt down. Usually when we're at catastrophic DEFCON 1, I'm calmer. But when my AC goes out on a hot day, hanging a U-turn, I'm just like losing. I'm neurotic. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying. I'm melting. <laughs> and so on this day, I walked in. I was at DEFCON 1 because oh. we had we had, had E.T. out. And he's such a good dude. Such a good oh, he's dude. Awesome. So intense. Um, but Very intense. Um, I don't even know how he got on our docket, really. But anyways, he agreed to come. And, and so we had him come out. <clears throat> and he spoke, like you said. And he was just amazing. And then I booked, if, if I got a speaker like that, I would book him on the spot for the next year. So we always oh. try to do two-year contracts. Okay. So he's like, yeah, man, I'm in. Here's my number. Book it in. Lock it in. I love this place. Nobody's doing this. He was blown away. He's oh, yeah. like, how can I bring this yeah. to wherever he was? And, right. and so we kind of created friendships because they would see the level of quality that right. we were attempting to give these coaches. And, and what blew people away is that the Combine never had a charge for it. And let me clarify that. For the first five or six years, it was completely free. People would register and show up. But then we started having people register, take seats, and then at the last minute go, well, I'm not going. So we put this nominal $5 fee to register. And people would go, well, I paid five bucks. I better show up. And our our no-show went from 14% down to like four or 5%. Mm -hmm. And then we started overselling it by 10%. Um, So Eric was blown away. He goes, these people only paid five bucks for this. I'm like, yep. And the people in the crowd, they don't know it was costing me 60, 70 grand to do each event. So Eric's like, I'm coming back. I want to be part of this movement. So he books it. He locks it in. We promote him to everywhere because this is when he was on the blow up. He was he was getting huge. He was already big when we got him, but he was even on the more meteoric. He had this. Thank God it's Monday. What up? What up? What up? It's your boy. E.T. And and he's got millions of hits on YouTube. And and so he not to cut you off, but we centered. Not only did we just promote him from the beginning, but we kind of, I feel like for the first time ever, really centered our marketing around yeah, what's your why? a speaker. What's your why? So typically it's like, hey, we have this great lineup of speakers, this person, this person, this person. That was the one year where we're like, you know what, we need to make him kind of the Absolutely. guy. Absolutely, the anchor of the day. He was the biggest on the posters. Everything. The, all the artwork, and it's like, 
yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're right, 100%. And, and why not? Because he's in. And when we lock a speaker in, we always reserve rights and regulations that we could use their image and likeness to promote everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he calls me on my cell phone. I see it's him, and I'm like, uh-oh. So I answer. It's like a month before. And I go, what's up? And he goes, man, I got bad news, bro. Oh, no. And I go, what? He goes, um, I've been traveling a lot, and I double book myself. Oh, man. I made a promise to my daughter that I would go to the dad-daughter dance, and it falls on the day of your combine. I go, say no more. We're good. We're good. To him, I'm calm. We're good. Be dad, bro. Captain dad. Yeah, man. (laughs) I'm like, it's all good. I hung up, and I walked in. I go, we have a problem. Stop everything. We need a speaker. Well, I called him back, and I said, hey, listen, I totally get it, but I'm going to ask you a favor, twofold. Number one, I need you to replace yourself with the best speaker that could match you. Mm. He goes, you know, okay. He goes, I got a young guy coming up that can. I would love you to talk to him. Mm. I said, number two, I've been promoting you for eight, nine months, and people are not going to believe that I really had you booked. They're going to think I bait and switched them, and I'm always about trying to be under um, deliver, but or under over under promise, but over deliver. And I felt like ET, it's going to be an issue with people wondering if we really have you locked for a second year. And he goes, what do you need? I go, I need you to send a video mm. that says, hey, I wish I could be there, but here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, and I want you to then send a second video that introduces Inky. Mm. So, Ooh. right. So he says, go, call my boy Ink. Call my boy Ink. <laughs> that, that was so like that. I remember we were sitting over in the boardroom yeah. um, at the school side, and we sat down, and I dial up this number, and I'm nervous because I don't know who this guy is. And I, Eric had already told him who I was going to be calling and I, he answers when he goes, yeah, this is Inky Johnson. I go, Inky, uh, my name is Jason Harper. He goes, what's up, Jay? <laughs> like, and I'd never met him. And I'm like, I look at Shereen. I go, we good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he, and he killed it. He killed it. By, yeah. I, I keep saying that. He might have been one of the best. But, dude, it's like Goggins. He's the top dog. Lincioni's the top dog. E.T.'s the top dog. Inky's the top dog. Uriah was the top dog. It just keeps getting better. And then we got Les Brown. Oh. Les Brown was huge. Now the listeners probably aren't going to know Les Brown. No, no, but well, they, they'll know his voice because if you look, if you go to YouTube and look at those motivational videos, he's have, all the voices. It's him and ET. Yeah, he's he's no that question. voice. That's when I when I tell people it's like we have Les Brown. They're like, uh, okay, and like no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. You've heard his voice. You're Les probably, Brown you're probably cried to his stuff. Les Brown. Oh man. He he spoke for thirty minutes, and now you have to understand we had production timelines, an eight-hour timeline down to the thirty-second segments. And we had people sitting on the front row. There was either a digital sign or they were holding up cards saying, you got five minutes left, oh, wow. four minutes, because it's down to the T. Right. It's mm-hmm. regulated. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're p- producing an eight-hour show. Wow. And so um, Kevin Brace, who you know, you're going to have him on a future podcast. Yeah. Uh, Brace goes, dude, I, got, I can get my mentor, Les Brown, out here. I go, you, come on, bro. Right. Man, the, he's the right. godfather of motivation. And he goes, I can get him. He's wow. coming out for my event, which is the night of Combine. Right. All I have to do is convince him to do a day event. I'm like, wow. Kevin. <laughs> You're like, don't mess with me. <laughs> please tell yeah, me. Yeah, don't do this. He goes, me. now, you, you understand, Les rolls at the last minute. He's really organized, but he's got so many gigs he's doing, he doesn't take the next gig till the next. And he goes, I may not know until like a couple days before, so don't promote him. Mm. Just have him. And I go, well, that, we had Inky, we had Gog. I mean, we had everybody. Oh, that. Yeah. So we were kind of going to slide old Les yeah. Brown in. Yeah. And we had Alexis Jones, right? And I remember. Alexis th- Jones, too, yeah. I remember this because. We put Les at the end of the day, right before, I think, Inky or somebody. Mm-hmm. Les was the second to last speaker right out of lunch. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And Alexis had just murdered the mic, dropped it, picked it up, dropped it, picked it up, <laughs> dropped it. She was so good, right? Oh, she's amazing. And so she's backstage because she's like, I want to hear Goggins or 
you know, whoever that last person was out. I don't remember because it was Les Brown. Right. right. And so she's standing there next to me and I'm hearing him and he's in the middle of this very complex story and I'm watching the time click down and she is too. And she's like, look at him. She goes, he's not going to land the plane. I go, he's going to land the plane. You yeah. watch. And so he's telling this story and I'm teary eyed and Everybody she's teary eyed and she's holding onto my arm and she's like, going, this guy's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, shh, shh. it's like a Truman show, like cue the music, you know, he's like <laughs> playing the music and he's, he's orchestrating the, the moment masterfully. He's 60 seconds. He's still in the story. Oh and at 40 seconds he goes, but here's what happened. And then he drops the bomb at like 28 seconds. And she's like, he's still got to wrap up. He drops the bomb, which is the end of it. He goes, because today the best version of you is still alive. I want to tell you. And he goes into his little rap at the end. You know, he goes, I want to tell you your best days are ahead. You have written to this and this and this. And he's landing at landing. He goes, thank you very much. My name is Les Brown. He goes, three, two, one. Oh, my gosh. And he walks yes. up and hands the mic. And she goes, oh, man. Wow. Just surgical. Oh. Mm. Oh. Kevin and I and Kevin go, I told you, bro. And I'm yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I'm bowing to you, bro. That's it, That was a crazy year, man, because that, that was the one year where we're like, you know what? Every single person on the stage is a is like a main keynote attraction speaker. So if you go to like a, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go to a conference, they're all the last speaker anywhere else. Mm. But at the combine, it was a little different. And I think that last year, you know, kind of getting to where we are and yeah. why we transitioned or what's going on we didn't stop or pull away because we couldn't come up with something better. Mm -hmm. We had been, we track like data, like crazy. Josh knows this. Mm -hmm. By the time everybody leaves, they don't get their gift bag until they've rated every speaker. They've talked about how our communication was to and from everything. Where did you hear about us? What school are you from? What coaches are you connected to? We want data because yep. data don't lie. Right. And so, um, we would get in probably on the Saturday of the combine and usually by Monday, Shireen had all the data analytics broken down. Mm -hmm. And what we noticed after year 13, we'd done 13 combines. Mm -hmm. We started looking at the data, packed house, right? standing room only. Wow. Every, the last five years, always standing room only. I was, I was telling Deb before we, not to interrupt you, but I was telling Deb before we recorded, the last three years, we had a waiting list of like 300 people. That's insane. Yeah, 300 people. That's crazy. And it was weird because we always had a few open seats because we stopped letting... Um, waiting list people get in because we didn't want to oversell and have people that had seats. So it was like this really fine line right. of gray of going, okay, tough, yeah. you might have to stand or you might have to sit in the, you know, you might have to right. sit on the floor with your legs crossed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, we, we were looking at the data and the last one was, it was on point. Mm -hmm. It was, wow. it was in my opinion, one of my favorites. I was going to ask you what your favorite was. I think yeah. the last one was probably mm. yeah, yeah. the first and the last, the bookends. Yeah. Because the first one was Joe Ehrman where he ripped my heart out. He kissed it and shoved it back in. <laughs> and the last one was, you know, um, we've done this well. And, and we, left that we left that combine with the full intention of, okay, what's the theme next year? In fact, I think I'd even told you I have the theme for the next year. Yeah. And, um, artwork ready to go. Exactly. Everything was good to go. And, um, and so – we started looking at the data analytics that following week, Monday, Tuesday, and here's what I noticed. I noticed that about 70% of the seats were filled by about eight different schools. Wow. So there's about 90 schools in this area, okay? And there's, I mean, one school has 50, 60 teams, mm -hmm. which yeah. is probably 120 coaches if you have two or three coaches on each team. Right. So you look at the exponential size of right. the reach, then you add to it the AAU coaches, you add it to right. the Little League coaches, yeah. you add it to the 
you know, travel team coaches. You do all these different things to add in. There's probably 100,000 coaches in this area. That's crazy. Okay, we're, and we're not marketing because the mm -hmm. biggest venue we can get without going union mm -hmm. is, and not doing it at a church, right. was Folsom, which is the biggest theater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we could have gone to Capitol and done it because they seat 2,800, but I was always m right. stickler about, I'm not ever going to do it at a place of a church because I don't want everybody to go, oh, I knew that was the year he was going to change. Yeah, you don't right. want it to turn them off or right. turn them away. Or, or have or, them go see, right. he was just right. driplining us, and I knew it at decade number 10. Because <laughs> you had people that were willing hey. to wait that whole time. And there was yeah. people <laughs> that were plotting our demise, I'm sure. Sure, right. sure. And so we just made true, we made true to that, that point of, of reference. So, the, so I'm looking at this data, and it's jumping off me at the page, and I'm going, 70% of our attenders came from eight schools? And we just spent seventy-five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Wow. Okay, I I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I don't claim to be a business-minded person, but when you do a cost-benefit analysis, mm. you know, <laughs> right. I've got five and six-year-olds that go, "That's not a good investment." <laughs> <laughs> I get it, right? And so we started going, "Okay, well, Josh is still doing locker room talks. He's affecting hundreds and hundreds of kids." Mm. I'm still doing athlete-only sessions. Kevin's still speaking about what we're doing. Tony Asaro's out doing what we're doing. Dwight. Dwight's out doing what we're doing. We have all these people that are, you know, right. tentacles into the community. We're speaking to more people in locker room talks, dugout talks, pregame right. talks, postgame talks, award ceremonies than we ever would on a combine day, and we're not paying to do that. Mm. And right. so I really stepped back because I was like, man. Right. Because right now, I think if we just open the doors, people are going to come. Oh, it's combine. Yeah, we're going. Mm -hmm. right. But how many of those seats? So then I started thinking, okay, well, we'll partition off gold level. You can only be gold level if you've been here for more than two years. Mm. And started, uh, you can be in the fifth and seventh row if you've been here for more than three years. But you can be backstage if you've been here every year. I mean, we started thinking of every possible way to try to right. limit the number of seats, put chokeholds on certain seats to say new coaches have got to come. But then you risk having a half full theater. And um, it's interesting, and I won't go into names of schools here, but Joe <laughs> Davidson, um, who works for the Sacramento Bee, incredible, mm. the best, in my opinion, mm -hmm. prep writer around anywhere, a good friend of the Combine, good friend of what we do. And uh, he told me one year, because he always gave the awards out at the end of the year, the Character Combine Awards. He right. would always do the final awards. And one year he goes, you know, Harp, I was thinking through this through, and I started doing just a little research, and he goes, I looked through the schools that I would see at the Combine year after year after year. And I cross-referenced it with the teams that are going to section titles, NorCal bowl games, state bowl games, year after year after year. And I noticed they were the same teams. Mm. And then I looked at the teams that are always turning over coaches every other year and teams that are getting in, you know, this and that and the other. And, you know, they're always 0-10 and they've got this problem. He goes, there's teams I've never seen at the Combine. Right. And so I was kind of getting, well, you know, that's because we're good over here at the Combine. <laughs> and before I could even think that, he goes, and it's not because of your Combine at oh. all. And he I was, was like, was I wasn't it. thinking about that no, either. Not, not sure. at all, not at all. He says, um, <laughs> what I think it is, Jason, is that a coach who is willing to take his Saturday in the off season mm. and pick up his kids in Truckee and mm. Bakersfield and Fresno and Utah, St. George, Utah and Oregon. We had people coming in from those places. Wow. Mm -hmm. They'll pick up and drive all night for their kids to just have this experience. Those are the same coaches that are going to put the time in over here to make sure that they win. Right. Right. And, if, and Casey's always said it. If we do the things right off the field, which is over here, the combine right. or many other things you could be doing, then the field will take care of itself. Right. This is the process. This is the outcome. Mm. And that's been one of our driving themes. It's process over outcome. Mm. And then, you know, Goggins set us up for a home run and always coming back to his centralized messaging of 
when you become comfortable being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. then you're going to be significant. Mm -hmm. right. That's when you're hard. Right. Anybody can be strong and go jog on a 70 degree day, but when you're out running in 30 degree below weather and you're knocking it down because that's what you got for the day. And so we actually built that theme into the combine of uncomfortable, but we still want you to find a way to be comfortable. We would purposely try to push the crowd off balance mm -hmm. by having a little bit of an edgy person, right. having a, a, you know, a Jen Bricker, she goes out with just no, nothing below her waist, no legs. And she hops out there and the crowd just pan, like, you right. could feel them and she's fine. Wow. She goes, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I, <laughs> she's you, amazing. Yeah, but, she, but that pushed the crowd off and people, right. and what we did that day is that we told people it's okay to be inclusive and talk about the big pink elephant in the room mm -hmm. and, and feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I mean, from that to um, asking on the point, on the spot, the evening of dreams was birthed mm -hmm. out of the combine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and M Michelle was working for us at the time, so she was birthing the evening of dreams, but we needed people. And so I'm like, if you're an athlete and you will be a, you will be a host date to a special needs student. Mm -hmm. I, if you've got to give up your own prom, you need to be there. Meet me at the back corner and people backstage are going, he's lost his mind. Right. There's going to be like three people with crickets over there. Yeah, yeah. And the line was out the door, that is amazing. which yeah, proved amazing. to me that people said, we're willing to get in this right. and we'll be, we'll be uncomfortable. And I remember, I right. mean, I could talk about people that are playing on national bowl games this last weekend, Jake Browning and others and all the others. Yeah. Jake Browning was one of the main dates. And I could go down the list of alumni of Evening of Dreams yeah. and Character Combine type people oh, yeah. that showed up and did it. Full teams. <clears throat> and then after that, you know, we kind of disequilibrium with the Jen Bricker, you know, because she's so good at talking about inclusion and, and having to overcome difficulties and challenges with physicality. Um, she was born with no legs, but she's right. one of the top gymnasts in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, was an all-American or no, an all-league player on her softball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, right. Just incre it's an incredible story. Um, but well, we, Beast and Baller. Yeah, that was another oh, one. We, you, we came, you came here too late because oh. you would have loved Beast and Baller. So, but like even I'll get, I'll talk about the Beast and Baller, but there's yeah, just yeah. one ever thought that we, the first time we ever made people feel uncomfortable was we showed a very emotional video. Like mo most of the time in the past, all the videos were like just you know, just boom, rah, like movie trailer, like this summer, do something with your life, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. something like that, or right. you can do it. You know, there were just all these different things. And we showed this video where it was a college softball team or maybe a high school team. I don't know. Anyways, it was a softball team of older girls that were like probably 18 to 20. And um, a girl jacked a home run, right? And she runs to first mm. base and somehow going around first base, she just twists her knee out of socket. Cause she was, didn't know the ball was going out. So she sprinted to first, but the ball went out. Then she makes the turn and I think she tore her ACL. Mm -hmm. So she's laying there agonizing, but if she doesn't cross the plate, you don't get the yeah. run. Right. So the second baseman and the first baseman, that. the other team come over, they pick her up yeah. and, and they carry her. her. And we made a video of that. And then we, we, mm. we had those girls call in or make a pre-recorded video thanking us for the award that they got. Right. And then that ends up being like yeah. on a chase bank commercial now. Yeah. I've <laughs> right. seen that many times. I but love that. That made everybody feel like you could wow. feel people. I mean, we made people feel uncomfortable with, um, we had Mark Fanawata who wrote the book, uh, Game of Shadows, yeah, that was, um, which yeah. is the exp expose on Barry Bonds doing steroids. Oh, oh, gotcha, okay. Gotcha. And so he's an ESPN analyst and he's a writer for San Francisco Chronicle at the time. And he wrote this book that was a national New York times bestseller. And it was so huge because the day after Bonds had been exposed or revealed as having done steroids, the San Francisco Chronicle said Bonds did steroids and it was Mark's article. So out of all the data that he got from that, he ends up writing this book, Game of Shadows, which becomes huge. So I wanted the coaches to hear 
him because he made a strong commitment and a stand to his word because as a journalist, had he told who the leak was, Mm. he would never get another article again. Right. Mm. So the federal judges, the FBI, they threatened him to say, you're going to go to prison if you don't tell us who your source is. Send me to prison then. I'm not going to break the word I gave that guy. So the whole theme of his talk was on honesty. So everybody's sitting there going, wow, that's awesome. They're loving that they got the salacious details of what Bonds did. Right. Right. And so at the very end, we're sitting on stools. You remember this? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That I look was my at, first year. Okay, and I go, Mark, I go, so before I let you go, I had another stool to my right. I go, just tell us here. I mean, you wouldn't tell federal court. You wouldn't tell the FBI, but just uh, tell us, who was the leak? And he goes, uh, I'm not telling you. And I go, uh, no problem. I found out who it was. Ladies and gentlemen, would you pl- please we- welcome the, the leak, Troy Ellerman. Yeah, that was and, huge. And Troy Ellerman walks out, who was the actual litigating uh, defense attorney for the steroid company wow. that gave him the and so Troy Ellerman had been defending Balco right and Troy in the middle of the court case um, had the grand jury testimony with all the names redacted of which Bonds was one of the names mm-hmm. wow. and the judge says seal the grand jury testimony do not let it leak so Troy was mad because he said they're letting lies slip away and a whole generation is going to keep doing steroids because there's no reform Right. Mm. So he called Mark from San Francisco, had him come to Sacramento. He gave Mark the jan- tran- something, the transcripts of the grand jury testimony. Um, Mark, I think, made photocopies or whatever. And uh, then later on, Troy was arrested mm. for leaking grand jury testimony, mm. went to federal prison. Wow. So when Mark's sitting here and I go, ladies and gentlemen, the leak, and Troy walks out, the crowd's like, oh, my God. It was, it was wow. a weird moment. Like it, was, said, it was my first year. I was like, and oh, so, this is not expected. So Mark kind of oh, stands sure. up and Troy goes, hey, old friend. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and they hug. And I'm just trying so hard not to laugh because they were backstage having coffee in the green room five minutes prior. Right. Oh but God. I set it up to make right. it feel like it was impromptu. Right. And then so I go, okay, crazy. everybody, listen, 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 listen. Oh, my God. Listen. They have talked and done combines or stuff like this in the past. Sure. Well, it's now turned out years later. I don't even know how many years that's been that Troy wrote a book out of the Combine. We right. published it called right. Forged in Iron. It tells the entire story. Mm-hmm. But Troy, since that day, um, has become probably, if I counted my best friends on one hand, he's one of my three best friends in my mm. life. Mm. Um, he's, he, he made a statement at that Combine that I'll never forget, and it, it drew me to him to want to spend more time with him because I didn't see him as a criminal. I didn't see him as a person of contempt of court. What it drew me to him was he made the statement that sometimes decisions do not show up at your door wearing a black and white tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Everything is not black and white. Right. Right. There are situational ethics where at sometimes you just make the wrong decision even though your intention was good. Right. He goes, I broke the law, mm-hmm. I did the time, and I told the truth. And wow. I was like, okay, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're the now leader of the combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pass this thing off wow. to you. Jeez. Wow. Man, it's crazy, especially, you know, us sitting here for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it's been, to hear all of that just kind of in one, you know, one snapshot of what the Combine has been and what it, what it is now and where we've been. It's pretty crazy. Like, it's, it's really amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you hear it, and each year we prepared for it, and it's like, wow, this is a really cool event. It's really amazing. But then when you see it all kind of in, like I said, one snapshot, it, I mean, it's really kind of a crazy journey. It, it was a crazy journey, and it made it so hard to decide not to do it. Right. right. And so what we decided to do was taking that data, we paused, we didn't announce that there was another one coming mm-hmm. at that last one, we didn't announce it, and we might have actually announced it. No, we definitely announced it, because yeah. we had just blasted on the, yeah. on the backdrop. I, was when did. was the last one again, by the way? Like, not this last spring, the spring prior, so the okay. spring of 17 was okay. the last one. Yeah, and you know, it was, uh, I will. 
Yeah. That was going to be the, the, the theme. last thing I will. I will, I will compete. I will, I will serve. I will give. I will be. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And so yeah. we did announce it. And so, but during that summer months, I went to the Dominican Republic where we have a baseball academy things that we do down there. And down there, I was looking around and I saw what $75,000 can do in the Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And I compared or juxtaposed that to 70% of the crowd being from eight schools. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And I'm like, I can't do it again so josh and i came up with this idea that we were going to do a series of town hall meetings where we were going to go to south sacramento elk grove central sacramento kind of up the 80 corridor the antelope area loomis folsom granite bay eldorado hills and just meet with coaches right specifically ones that have never been right and find out why they haven't been or what they want to do and i said but here's what we're going to do i said we're going to send out an email announcing that this next year's combine is on pause and we're going to do these series of town hall meetings and then um, what we're going to do is just wait to see what the response is. Yeah. I had quite a few meetings with coaches one-on-one. Sure. I, I actually, we never did orchestrate out a, a true t- town hall. You could call my Starbucks meeting with four or five coaches a town hall, but it wasn't what a town hall was. was. Right. And I feel like that after that Dominican trip, it just it was kind of released from hmm. my own personal vision. Mm-hmm. And if someone wanted to step in and say, hey, I'm the next vision leader of a combine, then I would say, here it is. It's yours to lead but you're gonna have to maintain to not change the value and the brand. So when you approached me, Josh, about where is it going and said, hey, I really have a passion for it still, I miss it. Would you be okay with that, doing a, a podcast around it? Well, first of all, you and I built it together. So you have part ownership of that. So for me to be able to have that request made of doing it, I'm like, of course you can. And then yeah. he's like, will you be the first guest? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> no. We had a little bit of a conversation, but yeah. I just said, no, you know, <laughs> I would. No and, and the reason why I wanted to ultimately come back and say yes is because I wanted to be able to let people who would listen to this know that we had an incredible ride. Mm-hmm. It was the most amazing time. I still find myself planning combines mm-hmm. when I see stuff. So I just, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this cool, quick story and I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, um, <laughs> I was on um, Instagram the other day. And I saw this uh, girl that was called, she's eight years old, and she's called DJ Livia. Okay. Or something like that. DJ Livia or DJ Olivia or something like that. Okay. She's eight years old and could currently turntable for any hip-hop group in America. Oh no gosh. way. Oh, yeah. I got to look her up. She's the best oh, ever. Oh, for sure. So if you go to just like hashtag turntable and start scrolling or DJing, she'll be all over it. Wow. Okay. DJ Olivia. Okay. Oh, my. She's so amazing. So I'm sitting there as an old B-boy kind of kid, right? Yeah, 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 I used to have DJ and I used to have my Technic 1200s. And so I can still listen to music and pick out beats per minute. And I'm right. into it. My Newmark mixer. Ticka, ticka, ticka. Right. I was into it. <laughs> That's why we always had a DJ at the combine. Well, I was going to say, the few times that you and I rode in a car together, he's playing some Eminem, and it's weird watching the two of us. This is a sidetrack, but watching the two of us listen. I love hip-hop. You love hip-hop. But we're such different personalities. Well, I'm playing Eminem, which is like new school to me. I'm talking like right, African yeah, yeah. Bambata, you know, Grandmaster yeah, yeah, exactly. Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash. But he's rapping every lyric, and I'm just kind of sitting there nodding <laughs> my head like, did you? It's, it's, they're always <laughs> fun. I'm just saying, it's a different personality. But go ahead, man. I don't, I don't uh, no, and so I saw this girl like DJing, like she's eight years old, and she's just yeah. killing it with a sampler in the middle of her mixes, and she's wow. cross fading, and she's, she's That's crazy. I mean, she's just transforming all these terms and DJing. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, I gotta find out where she is. She could be at the combine. She's gonna open the combine. And then I go, <laughs> wait a minute, we don't do the combine anymore. It's hard oh, to shake, man. man. She was on America. If you, if I think if you Google America's Got Talent, okay. uh, child DJ wow. or something. She's been on there. She's all over YouTube. She's got like half a million followers. Wow. That's she's incredible. eight years old. 
Jeez, that's crazy. And her sister's like 10 or 12, and she DJs. Her brother's 16. Oh, she, he DJs. It just runs in the family. Her mom is like, I think, a break dancer DJ. Wow. Her dad's an original DJ runs from the old the school. Oh, yeah. They're so like total wow. B-boy family. So you're trying to figure out a way to get the whole family here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would have been amazing. I was, and I was like, okay, we can have Same her. Man. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, okay, I just had some connections to the hip-hop world. I think I might be able to get so-and-so. Wow. Yeah. Um, we even had Jose Canseco. Well, I, was, oh I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to bring. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. But it's uh, the only time my name trended on ESPN ticker. I think it was horrible. So well, and Yahoo News. It was weird because someone sent it to me um, probably about 30 minutes before the combine started that day. I was like, "Did you see this?" I said, "I don't know what you're talking about." And I said, "Like, oh, that's new. That's never happened before." It's like, uh, was it character development? conference yeah. invites yeah. jose canseco and then just blast it yeah they're like what kind of whack job invites oh this criminal gosh. steroid oh, no. abuser well what we were doing is we were doing a session on the the harmful effects of performance enhancing drugs right. and he was interviewed by troy he was interviewed by troy eller troy was interviewed with him right, at right. a world anti-doping mm. association wada okay so if wada the regulating board would bring him right and i've had troy why wouldn't That's I bring him? So Troy yeah. connected me to him. So I talked to him on the phone. I'm like, you want to come? I go, but here's the deal. Let me set the parameters straight. You're here to talk about how much you failed, how horrible it was, and how you do it different. Right. And he stayed to the T. Mm. Then he gave a hitting display at lunchtime to the kids. Nice. But on the way, my phone starts going, bzz, 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 oh, no. ping, 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 bzz. Like and I'm like, bzz. and Goggins was in the car with me. Right. And so I'm like, oh, my God. My face goes white. He goes, what's up? And I go, oh, dude, I'm on Yahoo News. They're saying I'm a car i'm a charlatan and i'm a and i'm oh, no. this is worthless and he goes give me that phone he grabs it he throws my phone in the passenger oh. and he goes listen to me what that you're gonna have to bleep bleep yeah, yeah bleep, i got bleep. you I do got you, you care about this bleep 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 <laughs> i don't give two bleeps about whatever i care about you i care about this person and bleep 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 so you know what turn your stupid phone off and go out there and do a good bleep show and i was like okay roger that whatever you say <laughs> that's amazing wow. man well, hey, I'm I'm really excited and um, about where the podcast is going to go, man. We appreciate you coming on and uh, just breaking the whole thing down. Uh, like I said, Deb and I have had quite a few conversations about, you know, things we want to do, uh, people we want to have on, and all of that. So, man, we appreciate you giving us the um, the ability and the the freedom to do this, man. Because, like you said, I love combine, and uh, I've been I've been here for seven and a half years. So, if we can add some value this way, then I would I would love to do it. So, man, we appreciate it. Absolutely. And, you know, anything that we can do to help build it, even with people like who have been there in the past, um, I'm still connected with quite a few of them and put a call out and say, hey, would you maybe do a call in for the podcast? You know, to have a Joe Herman on would be amazing. Oh, we would you love know, to do it. You know, to have, you know, people on like Munoz and people that we know we have such deep rapport with that would do it. Um, we just try to do anything we can to help you guys get traction. I told Josh I'll be involved with the first interview. And, yes, you can do it as long as – it doesn't have to have any added work to my life. <laughs> we want to add, add uh, value, not work, man. So, yeah, right. we appreciate it, Jay. We want you back on, though, at some point, yeah. down the way down the road. What, did we get through two questions? I think so. We were, yeah, that's <laughs> all right. That's a, that's a podcast. We can do it. Have that. me on one where we can talk about sports performance together. That's and I'll, my I'll passion I'll sit here right quietly, and I'll just press record. How about that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the character combine, and go. There we go. All right, man, we appreciate it. We'll see Thanks, you later. Guys. Thank you so much.